Friends, please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, speak to us now in this, our modern age, in this small hamlet and this metropolis, you who call us by name, draw us close, lead us out, bring us home. You who are our rock and our redeemer, amen. I think a lot about physical space. It's something that our staff and my fellow pastors have noticed I'm a little bit obsessive at times. I spend a lot of time at Target. I spend a lot of time at Target thinking about how do we create spaces where we can just be and listen and encounter the risen Christ. And it's pretty odd what that takes, right? A fire pit, a lot of fire, candles, <laughs> napkins, toys. I always have Play-Doh at the ready for people who need something to do with their hands so they can focus. I blame all of this on my home church of Tualatin Presbyterian Church. Jean in the business office, if she ever wonders about the target receipts and charges, she can call them up because they really are to blame. My first job, my first real job was being a janitor at Tualatin Presbyterian Church. And there were lots of things that I loved about it, not just the fact that I got to listen to NPR on my Walkman while I was scrubbing toilets and vacuuming. The other part was that I had a group of people at that church, a group of women who showed me how important this work actually was. Becky Backen, one of my, uh, the mother of one of my friends in youth group, one Sunday she sat me down in one of our chairs. We didn't have pews. We had these beautiful, comfy chairs that were stuffed. And she showed me that there was a little bar that put together the, the legs so that it was nice and stable. And it was this dark metal material. And she showed me how over time the dust would start to build up. She shared that for lots of folks in our congregation who were homemakers and for people who spent a large part of their time cleaning up, that it was distracting, right? It was this invitation to do more work when they wanted to be focusing on something else. Over time, there was a woman in our congregation who pulled me aside and pointed out on Sunday before worship where people sat who were in wheelchairs and reminded me of the importance of setting a spot of pulling out chairs so that they could be with their family and their friends. Eventually, this started to become a little bit obsessive for me. I would walk through the sanctuary on Saturday nights while I was cleaning and think about the different people who were sitting everywhere, making sure that folks who had less mobility had chairs with armrests so they could lift themselves up or sit themselves down. For folks who had larger builds, separating the chairs just a little bit more so that there were these moments where nothing happened, where people weren't distracted, where they didn't have that moment of feeling like they didn't belong. 
I was an anti-gatekeeper, I found out, as a janitor. Our world is full of gates and walls and boundaries, and some of them are very important and healthy. The ways in which we protect children and those who are vulnerable, the boundaries that people in the labor movement put between employers and employees, the boundaries that we set up so that we are able to be and be fully human and alive and thrive. But there are also boundaries that keep people out. And there are all too many of them. Every city in America you can pull up the red line map for and see communities mostly black or Jewish communities that were termed undesirable, where people returning from World War II could not purchase homes with the GI Bill, where loans would not be extended. And if you look at those maps from then, from the 1920s, and look at those communities now, you can still see those boundaries. There are boundaries that are set up, there are gates that are set up that people who are disabled, people who learn differently, people who think differently know all too well. There are boundaries that keep people out. And in our scripture passage, we hear about a very interesting boundary, about a good shepherd who is also a gate. In Jesus' time, there were ways of corralling sheep with rock walls and then having an opening that was about the same width as the height of a person. And a shepherd could literally lay down in that gateway. In the middle of a night, if a sheep wanted to wander out, you'd wake up with a nice little alarm clock of a hoof on you, keep that little one in, wolves were prowling, they would smell and see you and would not cross, and if they did, you could protect the sheep. Jesus, the good shepherd, the gate, putting himself in the boundary. Jesus talks in this story about the sheep knowing the sound of his voice and being called and going out, which I find so interesting. I think sometimes we think of Christianity about being a follower of Jesus, of getting in, getting into whatever it is, however it is we conceptualize it, the kingdom of heaven, the family of faith, into life eternal. You get in and you never leave. Except Jesus doesn't talk about it that way. He says, I'm going to call your name, and we're going to go on a journey. We're going to go on an adventure. We're going to go out, and we're going to come back in. And we're going to go out because you need good pastures. You are hungry. Before coming to Philadelphia as a pastor, I spent some time at the Asian Rural Institute in Tochigi, Japan, where Leaders from the Global South gather for nine months a year. They're 
come from villages all over and they learn about farming so that they can feed their communities back home as a force for peace and wholeness and the empowerment of women. And part of my time there, we learned about intensive grazing, about how to care for grass and plants by moving through different types of animals, having them graze, and then letting nature do its thing, and then bringing through a different type of animal, so sheep and chickens and maybe goats and pigs, their waste being fertilizer for the food of who comes next. And this is so important because of the fact that oftentimes sheep, if you put them in one space, they will eat everything, everything. And then they'll keep eating, and eventually they'll be eating the roots, and it will all be mud. And I think about that with church often. We can like to be in a safe holding space with God where we stay in one spot, and there is food here, and so we're comfortable, but eventually we hunger for something else. But instead of going out, we stay and dig down, and eventually it is a mess. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, calls us out and knows that there are are things that we need. There is nutrition that we need. There is hope and new life that we need outside of the church, outside of our day-to-day. This came home to me in a new way recently. I was having a conversation with Ken, who was here last week, and we were talking about our amazement at our youngest generation. We are absolutely enthralled by our children and young people and the challenges and the honesty that they have. Ken and I are of different generations, but we see so much of what we care about embodied by younger folks, and yet we also know that they're a little frustrated with us, right? Most young people in our world today, especially in our country, Folks that are under the age of 18 or 25 are fairly certain that our planet will not support human life for the entirety of their lives. They are worried about gun violence. They see rising Christo-fascism. They are afraid. And yet, they see churches and institutions that close the doors, that look inside, and if they need food or anything, they send out for it and have it brought in. They don't go out to engage, to find green pastures where there is good food for the hungers and the fears that they have. I love that Jesus talks about going in and coming out, this back and forth, that he is the gate and there is a permeability. But there's also a warning, right? Be careful, because there are leaders who will come, who will tell you, I am the only one who can fix it. I am the only one 
who knows what needs to be done. Your children are at risk and follow me. I know some laws we should put into place. That medical care that your child needs, that you have been led to journey with them, I know better than you. Those books, those books are dangerous and must be destroyed. Jesus warns us about thieves and bandits who kill and destroy, and we don't have to look far to see them. And yet, he says, I'm going to leave you out. Friends, as a community of faith, part of what we are called to do is to get to know the voice of Jesus, to share with one another what we are hearing, to see if maybe there are other people who are called to journey with us in going to greener pastures for a little while, of going to get hope or to make sure that all can be fed. That's part of the work. And part of the work is also realizing when there is a threat in our midst crawling in from other ways and to make sure that we know well that voice of Jesus. Starting as your installed associate pastor, I've been thinking about what is my work right now? What is our ministry together at this time? Because there is so much. There is so much in our world that calls for Christ's love. But I think learning to hear Jesus' voice through each other's life experiences, through relationships, taking the long view is important, but also being open to those times when others around us are dying of hunger for hope and helping them to hear that voice of Jesus leading them into new life. You give me so much hope as a congregation because all of you, you spend a lot of time here, but you are in and out. It might be in your work. It may be in your volunteering and your engagement with our mission partners. You are coming and going all the time. And it gives me hope because I realize that you know that Jesus isn't only heard here, right? That he's going ahead of you into that doctor's office. He's going ahead of you into that lab and with those research assistants. He's going into you, going with you into those places far ahead where you are working for justice and love. Going into nursing homes and sitting at tables and sharing meals with people. You are a people who come and go, and boy, do you have stories. And I look forward to us learning how to share with one another where we are hearing Jesus speak. And I am looking forward to our young people and our children sharing with us where they hear Jesus calling. 
because we need to go out just as much as we need to come in, always trusting that Christ goes ahead, calls us by name, and will help us to be safe from those who seek to harm and destroy. In the name of the one who was and is and evermore shall be. Amen.